Hey, it's Jamie Sumner, left guard from 1994-95, and this is the Bunch of Nuts podcast with my boys Dan and Cass. Go Bucks! Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Bunch of Nuts podcast. I'm Dan here with Big Cass. Cass is rocking a rooster shirt. He is he is not not a paid promotional. Uh, employee of Roosters, but he's just rocking the Roosters shirt. We love to see it, man. It's a it's a fire shirt. Yeah, I I've had I bought this shirt I think last year. Walked into the Roosters one time and was eating dinner, and the waitress asked if I wanted the employee discount and asked me what store I worked at, and I was like, nope, just bought it off of Hominid. <laughs> I love it. Uh, oh my gosh, I love it. Um, yeah, I mean, Roosters, I mean, they're a great bird. Uh, not a great bird. It's Iowa, the Hawkeye. Uh, so let's just get yeah. into it. Uh, the worst offense I've ever seen, Cass. <laughs> Dude, that offense was putrid. Like, I mean, I it, I don't it, – it's hard to explain on how bad they were. Uh, it, it was terrible. Like, I was down on the sidelines and, like – for a little bit, and there was like during the warmups, there was like no like energy out of their offensive players. Now their defensive players, there was a lot of energy. I'll give you that. We'll get more into that in a little bit. But that offense was terrible. Like terrible. when you're when you're on the sideline, did you did you like did they did they look like athletes? D one athletes is my question, or is it what did you gather? Is it more of a coaching thing, or is it an athlete thing? A little bit of both. Okay. I mean, you could tell the you could tell the players weren't you know they're not wanting to play for uh, Brian, or whatever and, his son is. Yeah, wherever his. Yeah, you could tell. You could just tell by the energy, but you can also tell by the energy of the defense. Like you know, like they're tired of it. Like the defense, you know, Ohio State still put up forty points. 40 plus points of total of offense on Iowa's defense. And I think a lot of that in the second half, they were just tired. They were tired of being on the field. Like that offense, I think if they really wanted to, that offense wouldn't have got a first down, in my opinion. Like, yeah. It, <laughs> uh, I mean, I will say this like, I, I give Iowa credit because they only held us to 66 yards rushing, they forced a couple turnovers. Um, obviously they, they put the only touchdown of the team uh, of the game for the Iowa. So I thought, you know, the defense basically did as much as they could. It's just, there, there's no offense. So I know defense wins championships, but offense, I mean, offense keeps you in games. And that, that was, that was a game where I think if Iowa had a competent offense that could compete, it could have been a lot closer. Um, it could have been a lot interesting. Um, Petra, Petrus and Padilla are terrible too. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, but it begins to show you though, how good Ohio state's offense is. I mean, it, it, it's like a tale of two things. I mean, if it, it's all like you, you read all the comments and saying Ohio state's run game is not very good. It's like they had one bad game. I mean, it, it goes to show you that. Ohio State can beat you if they only have one dimension. Mm-hmm. It really does. Like Iowa, we're—I mean, we could have thrown on Iowa all day, all day. It—it it kind of felt like the opposite of the Notre Dame game because yeah. like it wasn't that wasn't our best game either. 
in that one, we won by just kind of like running a power offense with Mayan. You know, this game was kind of the opposite. We kind of shied away from the run and really tried to spread them out and put points on the board. Right. And, I mean, it, it's, it, it goes to show you, like, you know, how good this Ohio State team is. And, um, it, and it's going to be fun to watch, especially this weekend when we, we will be truly battle-tested when it comes to the emotions and of, of a game. And, um, I mean, I still think – I'm not worried about Penn State. I'm just worried about the, the emotions of the game. Okay. But, you know, like going back to the Ohio State game, and as much as we love Jackson Smith and Jigway, in which there is some unsure – unsure news right now. I'm going to say call it unsure news because there's a lot of mixed things about Jackson Smith and Jigba. But I felt like when they took – because Jackson Smith and Jigba was on a pitch count. When he was taken out of the game, all of a sudden CJ found his rhythm. Well, yeah, they were trying to almost force it to him, it felt like. Um, It it was. And it's fine. Get get him involved. I get it. But it was just – we were we were kind of doing. The, I feel like sometimes we do try to force the ball to to the wrong guy, and, and once again we were also. It was some of the play calling was questionable. You know, once again we were running outside outside plays with Mayan and inside plays with Travion, um, and it's just like I understand. You know, you got, you have your tendency breakers and all that just to kind of throw off the the scouting report. But like, let's just keep it simple. It's I think we're kind of overthinking this because I don't know why. You know, I think it was like that third down after a timeout, we ran that terrible play with Mayan, and there it, it just wasn't that wasn't a right play call for his skill set, and that's not Mayan's fault at all. Um, but I thought, I mean, I also thought too. Like, you're absolutely right. I the first half was pretty dreadful in my opinion, and we ended up winning by like what, like fifty points or uh, forty four. Um, and I, I can't wait with, from this game, like realizing like, Hey, that's scary because I was I, in the first half, I was generally kind of upset. I was like, we're playing terrible. We're coming out of the bye slow. We don't look good. Stroud's going to lose the Heisman. I was being overreactionary, obviously. And obviously everything was fine after halftime adjustments. Um, and it just, that, I mean, that, that's a testament because other teams in the top, you know, 10 have played full games poorly. We only played a bad half for the most part and it's still won by 44. Yeah, you're hundred percent right. Sorry folks. I'm on my phone right now. I'm and I'm trying to plug my phone in because of my like 10% battery <laughs> came on. But, so, but yeah, I completely agree with you. I just think, you know, a little bit of bi-week rust too could have been a factor. Yeah. Um, and I just, I think that um, our offense, I think we're going to be just fine. I did think, okay, first half we played really poorly. But, you know, our defense made for up for it. And we, got, we still got in the red zone. We just, for some reason, we couldn't score in a red zone. Thank God for Noah Ruggles. It's not like we played poorly. I just think maybe bad execution and bad, maybe some bad play calling a little bit. Um, yeah, it, it also Stroud in the first half definitely looked off. I would say the play, it, not even the turnovers. I thought the play he looked off the most is when um, he had Abuka kind of down the seams. On I believe it was like either a seam route or like a, a skinny post, some type of route like that. I was like the first or second drive, and Abuka didn't turn his head, but Stroud should have at least given him a better ball. It, it was a little over his head, and honestly, could have been picked. Yeah, but I mean, 
But, <laughs> I mean, that second half, he yeah. was dropped dimes, man. Like, all oh, his passes. And then Julian Fleming getting separation and, and almost losing the ball in the sun and still making this catch for that big, long touchdown. I mean, even if you go back to the, you know, you start, he throws that pick and he for, tried to force that pit, you know, that pass. But ever yeah. since that, he was balling. But also, too, like, that sack, um, Donovan Jackson, I don't know what he was doing. I think this was Donovan Jackson's worst game Saturday. The, the touchdown? Yes. Yeah, and it was apparent, too, because they had a – so, and, I, like, you – I was texting you this as it happened. Cause I was we were, driving. I yeah. have a Gus John, funny Gus Johnson story, by the way. Um, I was texting you this because it was like they lined up with four men. And we had we had five linemen, so right then, like we have the numbers right there, and their edge guy did like a little twist. It looked like, um, or not maybe not even a twist. He just kind of like he like just went around the defensive tackle, like just like looped in behind him. And for some reason, the entire left side of our line it wasn't on the offensive tackle. Zero shot that no. was on, on the tackle. It, no, was either, it was center it was, guard miscommunication. It was a situation where. You know, I played offensive line, so I really watched the offensive line. In a place like that, when you when the offensive tackle on a play like that, they're it's a pass play. Their first instinct, you're taking the last man off the ball, no more, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So when the defensive end does a stunt like that, that right there, Luke Weipel took the nose guard. That left Donovan Jackson just wasn't looking or something mm-hmm. like it just happened so fast too and kudos to iowa right there and i think that was a play where okay donovan jackson's like oh i know the play it's going to be a simple pass you know pass pro cj's going to deliver a strike we're going to get our first half i just think he took a play off yeah it's, it's a good teaching moment for him it, yeah it, it's i mean it, he's gonna learn from that and obviously get better and i'm sure they're gonna coach him up in the film room it, it, it's it's definitely absolutely correctable luckily it's just it just was a bad play all around and then stroud too could have uh he held it too long obviously and i mean but at the end of the day though you can't you can't have your quarterback getting hit like that on a four-man rush when you got five i protected. mean well and i you know i rewatched the game stroud would have had to get it was 1.8 seconds, meaning he should have got it out in 1.6, basically. Yeah, it's like so. He it, it would by like NFL like you would like to see him make that play for like by via NFL standards because in in the NFL, which obviously he's going to probably be in next year, he's going to have to process that a lot quicker. But for college football standards, I didn't think he held it that long. If that makes no. sense, no, it I was like. It's like one point eight seconds. I mean, the guy came. The guy shot out of the out of his stance like a cannon. I'll give him credit. Like it was a great play. Yeah. yeah. But all in all, I thought you know we played great. Tommy Eichenberg. Somebody mentioned he's digging his tr- his tree with his bare hands. I, I completely agree. Zach Harrison might be the MVP of this defense outside of Tommy Eichenberg. It, the, the stat guy definitely got his stats wrong because I after the game too, you looked at the stats and I mean he he put up good numbers but it was like he definitely did more I felt like. Let me tell you, I've been telling, I've been preaching this for the past two years, and you know this man. 
I'm a big Zach Harrison guy. And he has done, for the past two years, he has done so much, uh, especially in the run game, of creating havoc. Yeah. He's for so many double teams. And I think the reason why people, a lot of people want to call him a bust is because he doesn't have the stats. But if you watch the film, the dude is creating havoc. And this year happens, this year for Zach Harrison happens, you have a better scheme for your linebackers and you have better scheme for your defensive, defensive linemen. That's what I think he's being noticed for because you didn't have that scheme. And you didn't have the athletes as you did last year, as you do this year. I think, too, moving him inside, a little inside. I mean, he's not like a true defensive tackle, but they'll play him, you know, in kind of in that spot at times, which is nice. It's so hard, I think, like with a big offensive tackle, sometimes those guys are freaks. Like they're athletic freaks. Like they could match up against him. I don't think a, really a guard or a center can athletically match up against him that well. What's crazy is Michigan State, it was, it was Michael Hall Jr., Zach Harrison, JT Tuamela, Jack, Zach Sor- Jack Sawyer, or Javante Jean-Baptiste. They rotate, you know, JTT and Javante Jean-Baptiste rotate. This week, it was Jerron Cage, and I forgot Tyleek Williams last week with Michigan State too. This week, it was Jerron Cage, Tyron Vincent with Zach Harrison, I love that the fact that Jim Knowles and Larry Johnson are using the depth that they have at defensive tackle, but also putting the best four guys at defensive tackle on there to the scheme of the offenses that we're playing. I mean, I, mean, I, you know, I don't know what I don't know what Iowa was running. I mean, I know it's like an old-fashioned 1970s style offense, but what do they terrible. do? <laughs> they're, they're but what do they do this week? They know Iowa runs the ball more. Guess what? They're using their bigger offense, uh, defensive tackles along with moving Zach Harrison inside. I just love how versatile Zach Harrison has been this year. Yeah, no, I, I love it too. And I, another guy who's been kind of versatile, kind of segueing in the secondary, is Lathan Ransom. Uh, and and he, he is a, a Thorpe Award semifinalist, which is crazy, but I love it. I mean, I mean he's been playing fantastic. Our three safeties are unbelievable. Like, oh yeah, Ronnie Hick, Tanner McAllister. Tanner McAllister doesn't leave the field. By the way, that dude. It, I love how like he's came in, and I love the fact that we knew this coming in. Lathan Ransom, better practice player, better player overall. Josh Proctor's non-fact, non. He doesn't even see yeah. the field on special teams. It's crazy. Um, yeah, and it's I never thought he was like a bad player. So I always thought he was a good player for us. And he's he's kind of the odd man out, sadly. It, it, it's that's crazy, but it's nice also having him, you know, in the wings because someone's going to get a targeting penalty soon. And he, I, I'm calling it like Proctor's going to make a big play this season. He's gonna he's gonna have a big moment, either a big hit or a pick. Like he's going to see the field eventually and make a pl- big play. I love the fact that this week too. J.K. Johnson and Denzel Burke, like, didn't need to, their names weren't even called, just because how dominant our safeties, linebackers, and defensive linemen were. I believe. It, just, I believe Burke didn't Burke make that special teams tackle with Caden Curry. Caden <laughs> <Kate and> Curry, <laughs> what was the punter doing? 
<laughs> he stuck him too. He held his ground, just manhandled that dude. Anyways, but a solid victory, and I love that the fact I looked. I've looked at some of my coworkers this week. I was like, I love the fact that we're nitpicking a forty-four point win. Oh, that's what that's what Ohio State. Uh, you know, Twitter, yep. social media. That's what we do best. We we we. Yep. we get, we get annoyed about the dumbest things. I will say this too, Cass. Um, our special teams, I, I I would give them an A plus for the game. I'm give, I mean, it, I give our defense an A plus and I give our offense an A minus. I really do. I give our special teams an A plus. I thought, you know, it's rare that um, Kirk Ferentz gets outbeat on special teams, but I felt like, you know, between the punt fake that went wrong, the, um, you know, Ruggles going 4-4 on field goals, looking great. Uh, Jesse Micro pinning them consistently inside the five. Um, and I believe what do we, we had a one punt return for 16 yards. So that's decent. I mean, getting yeah. 16 yards on a punt return. Um, the only, the only, the only thing that I guess was bad was the first, the kickoff where we got a, we got a personal foul, which I don't know why we got a personal foul it, on the first play. It, I didn't see anything. It didn't make sense to me. You know an interesting stat, though? Ohio State has punted 11 times this year. Michigan fans are gloating about this. Michigan's fan, Michigan has punted eight, 10 times this year. Ohio State is 11. Seven of those times Ohio State has punted, our backups were in. Mm-hmm. That's an insane stat I saw on Twitter today. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think overall, great win. Great weekend, you know. I have a funny story about Fox. Um, Gus Johnson uh, doesn't like stadium hot dogs. <laughs> he thinks they're bad, which I, I tend to agree. Um, he did like the nachos. Oh. Third, Friday, we go to the grocery store for Joel and Gus. Come back. Gus is demanding liquid IV tangerine flavor <laughs> and two peach yogurt. <laughs> Okay, go back to Giant Eagle, buy that stuff. Okay. After the game Saturday, we are unloading the coolers. By the way, Gus Johnson takes away and, sign, and, and you know, he, he puts his name on his liquid IV and takes it with him. Which, by the way, his first words to me after the game was, the Buckeyes beat that ass. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It, uh... We so we're unpacking the cooler, and uh, lo and behold, two peach yogurts sitting in the cooler. Sometimes you just like sometimes you you ask for something like I do. I do that with like brie. Like I'll just be like, "Oh, get this from the grocery store," and then I just won't eat it. And it's not because like I don't want it. It's just like sometimes I forget about it. So I think I think we all like Gus at some time in our life. Like I think that's normal. It probably is. But, you know, I asked, I asked uh, Joel Klatt this. I was like, Joel, uh, C.J. Stroud, Ohio State, Blake Corn, Michigan, the winner of that game takes home the Heisman. He agreed with me because he believes either – he believes that Georgia's going to beat uh, Tennessee, which will take Hendon Hooker out of the conversation. Yeah, it, I mean that—that's probably the most. That is probably the most important game besides the Ohio State Michigan game. The way it's shaping up, it, it, well, Tennessee might want to watch out for this weekend too. Depends what because Kentucky's coming off a bye. Just saying. 
I don't know if that's necessarily good though, because like in, in, in on paper it seems really good because you're coming out healthy, but you're also coming out rusty. Yeah, but it, yeah, but also depends what Kentucky team that play could shows up to. But we have a game this week. We do a big one in Happy Valley. <laughs> they thinks they're unrivaled, but by the way, they are. We are their number one rivals. I don't care what anybody says. We are their number one rivals. Penn State. Um, I saw this funny stat. Penn State is the since 2005 has beat us more times than anybody. Four times. Michigan State and Clemson right there at number two with three. It's a big game though. Happy Valley noon stripe out for Penn State. For some reason, this is the first Penn State game in the last four or five years that I feel really confident about, and I have no reason why. I think just because how dominant we looked. So currently we're projected 79.6% chance to win, 20, 20.4% chance to lose. And I believe I believe that is actually the highest chance we've had of losing entire season, um, which does concern me. And and this is this is the game where prior going into the season, this is the, the one game where um you know it's been it's been less dominant i guess um looking at like the matchup going into it if that makes sense um just because it's it's like we said it's at penn state it's a noon game it's gonna be a little weird that it's not in the whiteout um first 2001 yeah it's and i I will say this though here's the bright side about this um i'm not saying we we need to lose we're gonna lose but like i feel like this is the one game we could actually lose and still make the playoff if that if that makes sense because a loss to Penn State um, and I'm just like this is just like me talking like a like a crazy guy if we lose this game we'll still have a loss to probably like a top ten team because Penn State will be in the top ten is that Happy Valley we still went out we control our own fate most likely um, so I, I I think you know regardless um, we're gonna make like this game believe it or not is not as important for us as it should be. With that being said, I think we should easily win. I think this game is really, really for us, uh, obviously, especially with Ryan Day and what he's been preaching, physicality, competitive stamina, being the aggressor, you know, all that, you know, all that fun stuff and starting out fast. And I think that's what Ohio State wants to do. Mm-hmm. And by the way, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, you have Penn State got Sean Clifford. He's been there forever. But once that dude gets rattled, it's over. Like, it is over. Like, I mean. I mean they're talking about putting in the freshman at this point over him. Like, last week, I know they won 45-17. But I kind of look like look at it this way. They had Minnesota had nobody to rattle Sean Clifford. We have two solid linebackers and six defensive linemen that could rattle Sean Clifford. The only bright spot for Penn State is Sean Clifford can use his feet, and the and Finn from Toledo was only the last quarterback that we played that used his feet. Even though I think the Buckeyes did a solid job, but I mean Penn State's solid. They got Sean Clifford, they got the, the freshman phenom running back, who I think, in my opinion, is the second best running back in the Big Ten, um, outside of Blake 
platform, I think Blake Corum is the best running back in the Big Ten, and I think it's the kid from Penn State and then our two guys. I mean, Nicholas That's Singleton just, is hey, averaging 6.8 yards a rush, seven TDs on the year on the ground. He He's definitely a problem. Um, not much of a threat receiving the ball, uh, the, but he's still a good player, very good player. I mean, honestly, yeah. Cass. I and think, I, I think, too, I think, too, and I think you you might be going into this, the un, and I think this, I might be reading your mind, I think the unknown about Penn State is how good can their wide receivers be because we're so used to seeing a Jahan Dotson on that side. Even their tight ends, uh, Gesicki, Fairmuth, um, we're used to seeing those guys, and they don't have those guys. No. Oh, uh, KJ Hamler is the other one, too. Yeah. That, and we're not Brenton's to it like the, a very in-state wide receiver group. I would say Brenton Strange is probably their best. I mean, he's their tight end. He's one of their best mm-hmm. offensive weapons. He's he's broken a couple big plays this year too. Like the week one against Purdue, he, he broke like a seventy-five yard touchdown at the end of the half. So he's explosive. But yeah, like Parker or Washington, Mitchell Tinsley, um, they're both you know three hundred. Three three hundred eighty eight yards for Parker Washington, three hundred forty yards for Mitchell Tinsley, um, one touchdown for Washington, four touchdowns for Tinsley. They're not setting the world on fire for sure. They're they're serviceable, they're decent, but they're not they're not they're, they don't scare me. I, I think the biggest issue with Penn State is their offensive line. They really really struggled against Michigan, and I think Ohio State has just as good or maybe if not better defensive lineman than Michigan. And I think that this could really be the difference maker between Ohio state and Penn state this weekend, because once, like I said, when Sean Clifford gets rattled, he can't, he's not going to make those throws. He's not, you know what I mean? He's it's, it's all up to the offensive line and what they can hold up against our D line. Yeah. It's also too, we can't, just not shoot ourselves in the foot because that's what we did last year against Penn State for the most part. We had so many holding penalties, false starts, um, and it's it's funny because Penn State's you know their lines are always. I always feel like you know we have them outgunned and outmanned when when it comes to our off- offensive defensive line, but their lines always play incredibly tough, um, similar to kind of how Iowa was. Uh, not the biggest, not the strongest, but like they're very tenacious. And there's always like Penn State always has like one or two defensive linemen who are usually like a fat meatball defensive tackle who just love to like start stuff against us. Uh, and they like they, they like literally have their own BB landers, it feels like. Um, with that being said, though, <laughs> the only team that can beat Ohio State in the Big Ten is Ohio State. Yeah. And maybe Michigan, but. Maybe. We'll so see. They, yeah. I mean, I think Ohio State's offense is going to score points. I mean, I don't I, – the only test I see is their DBs are really good. Um, That's what concerns me. Yeah. But I also think Mayan and Travion can get going, which is going to help our DBs. But the problem with their DBs is we have – Michigan don't have a serviceable, serviceable tight end. We do. We also have three solid right wide receivers. Michigan don't. Well, I would I would say like I feel like this game. I'm not talking about Jackson Smith Jenga. I'm talking about the emergence of Julian Fleming. Like I I don't think it's going to be. I think I think this is the game where Travion 
or Mayan has a big day because we saw against Michigan, they couldn't stop couldn't stop a nosebleed. So like, they're not going to stop Travion or Mayan. Um, I also so, think this could be the game where Stroud can recapture that Heisman moment. Yeah. And I, I also would say, too, that, uh, I mean, their DBs are very good. Joey Porter Jr., Jair Brown, um, they're, they're, they're not only are they hard-hitting, uh, they're really their good at corners pu- are good. Their safeties, mm. they're good at punching the ball out. I think, I mean, I, I, I think, honestly, their, their secondary is pretty good in my opinion. They, um, they are. No, I'm, I'm saying there's, it definitely will be the best secondary we, we play all year. So Until- it's like, I wouldn't necessarily try to force the ball to guys. Like if, if like Joey Porter Jr. is going to be covering, let's say Emeka Abuka, just for example, uh, I don't know who he's going to be covering, but let's say he's covering him. Let's not try to force feed Emeka. If like if Joey Porter's like shutting him down, let's say I th- I, I would like to see Ryan Day just you know okay that's not going to work. Let's just call you know something that is going to work like a uh, handoff in the middle to up the gut to Mayan Williams, which is like five six yards a pop. There's nothing wrong with that. We don't need to we don't need to look flashy in this game. We just need to literally. I'm happy with like a ten point win. It's fine. It's Penn State. Like you're never going into Happy Valley and, get, and getting a victory is never going to hurt your chances um, in the rankings. In my in my view, I don't think so either. Uh, I mean, I'm ready to make my score prediction. I mean, I think I think Ohio State does. I think they're they do a great job in the passing game. I think I think Marvin Harrison Jr. makes some great catches. I just think our wide receivers will be too much for their DBs. We all, obviously. I mean, the dude from Purdue was awesome. Like, he was able to get open and all that stuff. That's why I'm not really, like, too, too concerned about their DBs. But they are great DBs. Um, I'm ready for my score prediction, and I said it earlier today. I'm going 38, Ohio State 38, and I'm going 14 Penn State. I'll go... Let me run the math on this real quick. Hold on. The spread was spread still seventeen. Yeah. Let's say. I'm gonna say Ohio State thirty-five, Penn State twenty-one. I. I you got to keep in mind this team only scored 17 points on Northwestern. I mean, yeah, you know, you, <laughs> but we're Ohio State. I think we're gonna get their best effort. They're also gonna have the home crowd. I also think, I, I truly believe, I think we're gonna come out a little sluggish. And if we come out a little sluggish like we did against Iowa, it's just because it's like this part of the season, the, the weird noon games in the middle of October, early November. I feel like we're always kind of sluggish for a couple. I- Week span. I think we're up for this game, and then it's the next couple of weeks where they're a little sluggish. That's fair. I mean, you you could say that. It's that's your opinion. I I just think, no. um, thirty five twenty one. It's it's a win. We're not. It, we're we're gonna have the same taste in our mouth. I think about the Iowa game. It was a win, but we didn't play our best. But it, we got the job done, and that's all that matters at this point in, in the season. I I think I think too. This is just my opinion. Obviously, I think with the rankings coming out Tuesday, I think Ohio State wants to make a message and send a message. 
That's a great point, actually. I didn't even think of that. So, I mean, but, hey, it's Ohio State, Penn State. You, my it, Either score could be right. Like, either score, or it could be a one-point victory. It's Ohio State, Penn State. I, yeah, it could be, I mean, it could be a crazy game. This this is this this has always traditionally been one of the best games of the year too. It's it, that's that's what I love about this game, and it, especially when we come out on the right side of victory. Um, but I always feel like this game is always it has a chance to be one of the best games of the year. Like 2016, obviously when Penn State won, insane. 2017, the JT Barrett comeback, insane. Uh, 2018, the Ben Victor touchdown, insane. And then the past couple of years have been all right. Uh, 2019 was solid. Um, 2020 was kind of a stinker last year was, it was good. It wasn't, it wasn't close. It wasn't like, uh, last year wasn't exciting. Historically, historically it's been a great game. Uh, yeah. 05, it was, in 2005, they beat us. I mean, um, I don't really, 06 was a Troy Smith to Rubisky classic. 07, I, 07, we beat them in Happy Valley in a whiteout. I mean, uh, I will say to this is a chance for Ohio State to get a signature win. If we if Ohio State blows the doors off them, then I'm gonna be very excited because then 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 that's kind of really con- not that we didn't notice, but that's confirmation that this team is truly legit. If they if they wake up at wake up early, go to Penn State at noon and blow the doors off them, um, like a, a very good Penn State team too, I think. Um, that's scary, <laughs> especially if you couple that with the Iowa Iowa victory. What we just did, uh, you could definitely make argument then at that point that Ohio State should come in at number one in the rankings. Absolutely. Uh, real quick, we're not going to run down the freaking schedule because we don't really need to. The 2023 schedule came out. Um, Indiana uh, at Indiana week one. Um, and, and that tough in the middle. I and, mean, of course, you got your non-conference games. You got the two at home, the one at Notre Dame, and then the four-game gauntlet. I'm sorry. It's, I'm calling it the four-game gauntlet. You have Maryland at Penn State. No, I mean, is it? You know, it's like Maryland, Penn State. No, at Wisconsin, Michigan State, I believe. Hold on, let me look real quick. Oh yeah, Maryland at Purdue, Penn State at Wisconsin. Four-game gauntlet in the middle of the season next year. Our bye week is Week Five. Your quick thoughts on the 2023 schedule? I love, I love the first. I mean, look, we're gonna be three and zero, no, no doubt in my mind. It's the easiest three and zero of our lives, which is which is great because we're probably gonna be ushering a new quarterback, and we'll obviously get into that in the off season. Um, and then obviously Notre Dame, but then after Notre Dame is the bye week, so um, I, I we should easily the, be, <laughs> what? That's it, and then it's the gauntlet. Yeah, it's I, – I don't think that's the, the worst gauntlet, to be honest. It's what Maryland, Purdue, Penn State, Wisconsin, Rutgers, Michigan State, Minnesota, Michigan. Um, I th- I mean, I, what worries me is the Michigan State, Minnesota, Michigan. Specifically, the Minnesota game, I think, is the one that kind of stands out in between Michigan State and Michigan. Um, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, I don't know where we're going to get because they're, they're kind of ushering in a new room the reason why I say those two games, the Purdue and Atlas Wisconsin at Purdue, because it's there. If it was yeah. home, I, w- I wouldn't be calling it a gauntlet if it was home games. If they're night games, I would be a little concerned. Which comes to my thing. 
it's it's going to be interesting. I was really looking at it. We know Youngstown State is going to be BTN. We know the interesting thing that Indiana game is a Saturday. I think with it being a conference game, that is CBS. It's got CBS written all over it. Three thirty CBS opening weekend. I, I could see that, uh, and then Western Kentucky probably. BT, uh, BTN, I would say. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Fox, 8 o'clock, Tim Brando, Spencer Tillman. Okay. I can see that. Like Kind of like we did with Toledo. Yeah. And obviously at Wisconsin, that is NBC night, night game. For sure. I think big noon kickoff at Purdue. What about Notre Dame? Notre Dame's NBC because it'd be NBC. Yeah, not ABC, not Game Day. We will know. We are no longer ESPN. No game. Oh, that's right. On. That's right. I forgot about that. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Now Notre. They can be there because guess what? Notre Dame is not in a conference. Mm-hmm. Um, I think obviously Michigan's big new kickoff. Penn State at home against Penn State. That's the interesting one. Will it be big, big noon kickoff, or will I think big noon kickoff because the game? It's big noon kickoff is going to have the marquee game. People are going to hate it or not, but Gar- I will say this: for here on out, Penn State, Ohio State will be big noon kickoff. I don't, I don't, I don't got a problem with that being big uh, noon kickoff. In Happy Valley, then I believe NBC will get it because they want that in night game whiteout. I'm, I'm just taught like I'm not gonna lie, we. I, as a younger man on this podcast years ago, I used to complain, oh, we're having too many noon games. And then this year we haven't had enough noon games. So it's like – Now we're about to get three back-to-back last week, this week, next week. So I, I, Yeah, I love the noon games, honestly. I, I've, got, I've got grown so accustomed to it because it's just like you get it out of your way early. Yeah. Um, I just can't wait for the 3.30 CBS game. Maybe that three that, – wait, Penn State – Ooh, Penn State, Ohio State, three thirty, Penn, three thirty, CBS. That makes sense. That would totally make sense. That that's like the SEC slot. So yeah, I could see that. I, I like I like the fact that CBS and Fox, because I I do believe that both those networks bring a better product on the TV, except for the announcers. I mean, I I could do without Gary Danielson, but <laughs> I mean, but. I, I mean, I will say this. Outside of Herbie and Fowler, it's Brad Nessler, Gary Danielson, Gus Johnson, Joel Clyde. I mean, hands down. Like, it's hands down. Like, so, interesting. We'll get more into that next year. I, I can't. I love doing the, the network prediction. Like, I, do, I do love that. ESPN data proves Guess it's that Iowa. time. To- yeah, I just want to read this real quick. ESPN data proves Iowa would have been more successful punting on every first down at Ohio State. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. It's that time of the week. We need to gather. I think this week, after this week, I think we need to gather up and see what our records are for the year. Um, I don't have pen and paper on here to write these down. You, you might have to remember these. <laughs> oh, but the pickups. 
All right. I have low energy tonight. I'm just feel sick. <laughs> feel exhausted from the week. You're fine. I think everyone's sick right now. Um. Well, I have a sore foot, so I have stitches. How is this? I'm going to throw this week. I'd like to start with my tiebreaker. All right. Um, Boston College minus seven and a half at UConn. I'm taking Boston College. I'm going to start off with mine. Utah at Washington State. Utah has seven and a seven point favorite. Give me Utah covering that easily. Uh, okay. We're starting off with our tiebreakers this week. Yeah. All right. Let's start. Start with another noon game. Um. Number seven TCU, undefeated. They're seven-point favorites at West Virginia. I'm taking TCU there. I I agree. I I like TCU. Who's no one's guarding that number one receiver? Dude, I think they're I think they're in the playoffs. I really do. I mean that that one kid, number one, what's his name, Johnston or yeah. uh, what, um, Quentin Johnston? Like uh, Quentin Johnston. Yeah, something like that. He's a great player. I mean he. He might he you could definitely make the argument that he should be a Blitnikoff Award finalist. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. should win the Blitnikoff, but yes. that guy definitely has earned a trip, I think, to the award show because he's their best yeah. player. Which by which by the way, Ryan Day was fined. <laughs> yeah, I love that. By 19. the way, uh, I'm calling this a pick'em because Kansas State's a one and a half point favorite. They're home against Oklahoma State. Uh, Adrian Martinez is questionable right now, but I really like Oklahoma State to win this game in New Manhattan, Kansas. Give me Oklahoma State. Pick them. I'll take Kansas State on this one. Um, here's an interesting one. And, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, 3.30, world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Uh, Florida versus... Yeah, Florida versus Georgia. Um, Florida is a 23, 23 point underdog. I'll, I'll take I'll take Florida there because Georgia has shown us that they could be vulnerable. And if if that AR fifteen or whatever that quarterback comes to play, it could be interesting. I like Florida to cover, but I like Georgia to win. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how I feel. Um, okay. This one, 730, little brother versus big brother. Uh, Michigan State is a 23 and a half, a 23 point underdog. Just because it's the rivalry, I want to take Michigan State to cover, uh, to cover, but I still think Michigan wins solidly. Like, I think they win by three scores, but it's like 17 points. I, I'm thinking maybe like 31-14. 
I'll, I'm going to take Michigan with the point. I'm going to take Michigan minus 23 because Michigan State proved us they're hot garbage. Um, there's nothing redeemable about them, and it, it's literally at Michigan too. So I think – I honestly think Mich- – like that line, I feel like it, it's baiting you to take the points, but Michigan's going to blow the doors off of them. Here's an interesting one. Out of the American Athletic Conference, Cincinnati travels to Orlando to take on UCF. It's a pick 'em. UCF a one and a half point favorite. Give me the Knights. Something screams UCF, the two thousand the two thousand eighteen national champions. I'll take Cincinnati because I feel like Cincinnati's getting hot. righty. how many games is that? Oh man, I don't know. One, two, hold on. This is this is not our this is not my best showing today because I just feel like crap. Um three, four, five, uh five. So we got four more. Uh Kentucky, Tennessee, Tennessee at home, minus twelve. Give me Kentucky to cover, but I still think Tennessee wins and a and a good one. Um, I'm definitely gonna yeah, I'm gonna have to take Kentucky to cover just because their defense is pretty good. Um it's weird. It's like it this is literally offense versus defense this game. By the way, I have to change my tiebreaker because Getting ready to start on FS1 is Utah and Washington State. So I have to st- re- do my tiebreaker. And don't laugh. Do not laugh. I'm changing my tiebreaker to Northwestern at Iowa, and I'm taking the Wildcats to cover that 11-point. They are 11-point dogs to Iowa. Iowa. There's no way Iowa beats Northwestern by 11 points unless their defense scores all the touchdowns. There, there's no way they're putting up 11. <laughs> they got to put no. up 11 first. <laughs> Give me Northwestern to cover that. I like it. Um, all right, let's do like two more. That's my new tiebreaker. Let's do two more, buddy. Um, well, wow, Wake Forest is top 10. Um, hmm. I'm do, oh. I'm do, what about this one? FCA. I mean, F, how about out of the where game day's at? Jacksonville State and Southern. We'll do this one just because game day's there. Uh, give me Jacksonville State. <laughs> give me Southern. I don't even know what the points are. I don't is. either. I, just, I like. Jacksonville. Oh, they don't. It's a pick 'em. They don't even have point spreads. Yeah, for I'll take Jacksonville State. Give me Jackson State. They're seven and zero. Southern's five and two. Give me Jackson State as well. I love it. I love it. All right. Um, last one, I guess. Um, Notre Dame at number sixteen, Syracuse. Syracuse minus two and a half favorite at home. You know what? Give me. Why do I scream this a like Notre Dame victory? Like I don't want to pick Notre Dame, but I feel like this is a Notre Dame victory. So give me Notre Dame. I feel like Syracuse emptied the take against Clemson. Sadly, 
they just gassed out too. They they choked and they gassed out. So I'll take I, Notre Dame. I think is they're beginning to hit their stride and they look a little more competent than they started out. So I'll say and we Notre Dame. Yeah, and we do need that. So that that would be a big win for Marcus Freeman. Yes, give me the Irish. But that's I mean that's all the picks I got. Yeah, me too. Oh, well, to- yeah. Tomorrow night, I'm driving an hour and 45 minutes to Shenandoah. Burn Union versus Shenandoah. OHSA playoffs. Week one. <coughs> Fun. Uh, tomorrow night, I'm just going to curl up in a ball and just go to sleep because I'm sick and I'm just so tired. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. Um, I've got four stitches in my ankle right now, so... Oof. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That's brutal. <laughs> yeah, brut- brutal week at work, so... I, I mean, I hope everybody enjoys the game. Enjoy the World Series. Go Phillies. Shout-out Citizens Bank Ballpark. That's my company. Go Phillies. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Go- but uh, that's all I got. All I got. All right. So, as always, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Bunch of Nuts podcast. And as always, go Bucks. Bucks.